0: So, wait, you're I saying that it was the two of you talking to one other person and it was really fun as opposed to all of the other <laughs> things you do on a weekly basis? <laughs> no, I get you. I get you.
1: <laughs> get you. Uh, Loud and clear, we guys. Should clarify. We should clarify that, Tom. We were talking to a very fun and interesting person. Does that gotcha. Help?
0: No, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> you're saying this person has a podcast?
1: <laughs> He's a podcast. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Episode it's
1: episode 119. 119 of PHP Ugly. ugly. I'm your, <laughs> I'm your
2: host. No, I am
1: Eric Van Johnson,
2: and I'm John Congdon,
1: sitting quietly. <laughs> in, there you go. That's that way. That sitting quietly in the background, wondering, questioning his life decisions. It's Thomas
2: Tom right, right now. <laughs> Tom, you seem very depressed <laughs> right
0: now. What's going on? I love when you guys talk over each other. It makes it so easy to sync. <laughs> the audio the last couple of weeks has been amazingly bad.
1: Yeah, some of the joys of editing a podcast. Yeah, I'm sick too. It's horrible. You're not feeling well, Thomas? What's wrong? Uh,
0: I got that uh sore throat sinusy type awfulness that uh I believe my children brought home from school. Bastard so dance. you know what I you know what I had to do I What's had that? to go to the go to the DMV and get everybody else sick.
2: Oh, yes. What a nice guy!
0: It didn't occur to me until I was sitting there coughing, <laughs> surrounded by like a hundred other people.
2: Oh my!
1: I, I have a funny story to tell. Speaking of DMV, my wife, for whatever reason got in her, her her head that she wanted one of these uh scooters um it's like a uh you know a, i don't a vespa I, I, like learned, a vespa right yeah like a vespa yeah 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 exactly like a vespa it's not a vespa but it's it's that style where you you put your feet up and and you and you, you scooter around and she sees this person down in pacific beach selling one for like a, you know few hundred bucks I'm like, all right, all right no, I'm not like all right I'm sorry let let me pause that for a moment uh she comes to me she goes, hey you know I, I really want to go get the scooter I'm like what really uh, a scooter because my wife is I love her to death, but her her sense of balance uh is is you know questionable <laughs> and she's she's always been very nervous uh. When we were younger, and we were we lived on the beach, I mean, we lived down in Ocean Beach. We'd ride our we'd ride bikes around, and she was always very sketchy about riding on the street because you're you're very exposed on a bicycle or or motorcycle or anything uh, when you're riding on the street, especially when you're naked. <laughs> Ex- exactly. So when she told me this, I was surprised. I'm like, wow, okay, well. You know, where we're going down to pick it up and we're discovering more and more things. Like, for example, in California, now of course this changes from state to state, but that's basically considered a motorcycle. Not basically, it's considered a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And she has to get a motorcycle license to ride it. Now, as a motorcycle rider myself, I'm like, are you kidding me? I could have gotten my motorcycle license on one of these things. I mean, this is like a glorified bicycle. Why did I take my motorcycle test on an actual motorcycle? (laughs) I don't, I don't understand why anybody does that because it's, it's considered an M one motorcycle license, which is like a motorcycle, a full fledged motorcycle license. So i informed the wife of this and you know, she's all, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll get a motorcycle license. We end up, purchasing this thing now we have to get it registered and of course none of this is simple here in california it's such a it's such a pain to do anything out here but my wife is trying to register it and they're like insistent on wanting to see the bike. and i'm like all right well that's problematic because i'm the only one that can ride it and i look like a complete <laughs> clown on this little i can just picture scooter. you
0: riding that thing so how is this problematic
2: well, one. So now no, I gotta well,
0: drive the scooter. One, it would
2: be stu- that would be absolutely stupid if you didn't have a motorcycle license. How are you supposed to get it from point A to point B without a motorcycle license?
1: Yeah, I, I guess the expectation is you throw it on the back of a truck or something. So I th- that's that's my goal. Like this, actually, tomorrow, at some point between having to take care of going down to our our conference hotel and having meetings about audio video and and food and all that and going to a client's baseball game in the afternoon sometime between those two periods i have to come back to the house jump on this little scooter drive it across town which is about 10 miles down the main drag of of our little city you know <laughs> my 6 foot 5 350 pound ass on this okay, so I, I wasn't
0: I wasn't gonna bring that up, but have you tested that it can actually move you yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say. that if, that'd if, be like that'd be like you jumping on a regular lawnmower and then just yelling, Yeah <laughs> I really
1: want I really wanted my kids to, to like film me doing this because it's gonna
0: I'm be I'm sure thing. they will. I'm sure they will without you asking <laughs> If you say loud enough in your house Alright, I'm hopping on the, the Vespa And taking it to the DMV but Then there will be cameras showing up Do you
2: have an appointment at the DMV? Because the last time I was there I was there for hours And that was just right. a couple of weeks ago
1: So this is one of the problems If it was the DMV It would actually be a lot closer to my house But <clears throat> And I don't know if you know this Or, or if you're even a member but we're we're members of AAA and you can do a lot of the DMV activities including registering a vehicle oh, really? at the at, at AAA. Mm-hmm. But AAA is three times as far as the DMV, but like you said, it's it's so much quicker because you try to do anything at the DMV here in California and it's literally your entire day. There's no way around mm-hmm. it. It's 3-4 hours whether you have an appointment, if you don't have an appointment, it's like eight hours. Yeah. It's it's a horrible process. I love the I so love the fact to, that the one there like, in Poway
2: in your town has two different lines, and if you don't happen to catch the person at the door that directs you and you get in the wrong line, you're screwed.
1: you <laughs> spend you're standing outside. You're, you're like you're <laughs> spending twenty
2: minutes in line for them to tell you, oh, you need to go to the end of this other line, <laughs> like. Yep. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. See
0: at the DMV that I just went to, they had they had a ticketing system where there's five different types of tickets depending on why you were there. Mm-hmm. And uh I was I was in and out within an hour today. Ours has the same thing. Had it's had got different
2: letters like... based on what you want are there for, but it doesn't matter. It's still a slow process. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough with DMV. That has nothing to do with PHP. <laughs>
1: And, and what I was gonna say is writing this thing is a ton of fun, like I wish I had known about this when I did live at the beach because I would have bought like four of these things my I let my my daughter, the future mayor of Poway, uh take it for a spin because they're so so simple to ride i I don't even know how they work like as a motorcycle rider, you have your gears, you shift gears, and you do all that. These things have, like, an automatic transmission. So if it's if it's not moving, it's in neutral. If you hit the gas, it, like, goes in the first gear and just starts, it just takes off. I mean, huh. it's the weirdest thing. How fast thing. does this
2: thing go? Like, can you take it on the uh, highway? So
1: this one, this one is highway legal, yeah. It goes up to, like, 65, I think. 65 or 70. Not with me on it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I could, see, I I could had... see Emily
0: doing that, but I don't think I could see you doing that.
1: I had that thing floored. I was topping out at about 47. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're not taking it on the highway?
1: No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not riding this thing again after I get it registered. Like when I get home, I'm not riding it. It's not mine. I didn't. I didn't want it. I have my motorcycle. I, you know, I. I. Uh, but it's fun. It is fun to tool around. in. I wish I had one when I lived uh, at the beach.
0: Uh you, you know, what's insane here is that uh, in Colorado, there's no hell. Florida ball. was the same way. It's so is Arizona. Weird. There's a lot of states.
1: And Explain to me the logic where every state in the U.S. has a sweeping federal law that you cannot be in a contained vehicle with a ca- crash cage around you with all the safety stuff with airbags. You cannot be in that vehicle without a seatbelt on. But hey, you know, straddle a motorcycle, fly down the highway with no helmet on, that's perfectly fine. (laughs) We don't see any reason to create a federal law for everybody to have to wear helmets for that and impede your right as an American to feel the wind in your hair. I don't understand that. It's one one of the most cringy things as a motorcycle rider. I, I don't even know why somebody who rides a motorcycle would choose to do that. I ride on the freeway. People look at me, and here in California, people look at me strange because I will jump on the motorcycle without my safety uh, jacket on because it's like That's 110 not why degrees. At you. So I'll just put on a helmet, <laughs> jeans, uh, sneakers, and a t shirt, and I get strange looks, and des- deservedly so. But I don't, there's no way I would ever do it without a helmet.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to uh, yell at at people on motorcycles that are riding without a helmet. Here, it's a, it's a weird sensation as a father to see a, a younger man riding a one of those crotch rocket style motorcycles without a helmet. Mm-hmm. Where I just I have to open my window to my minivan and yell at him.
2: <laughs> I bet that goes and over like, well. What would your
0: mother, what would your mother say? <laughs>
1: what would your mother say?
0: How old are you? What would your uh, mother say if she I, saw you right now? I just came back from a high school football game. I feel a thousand years old. <laughs> i honestly do it's the having teenagers in in all three of them in high school now is just weird it's so it's so bizarre and it's it's nice that you you get to spend time with other parents and you just sort of go <laughs> yep and they go yeah i know right and that's the conversation you have repeatedly i had a fun day today
1: i had to start to explain some programming patterns and workflows and theories to a room of non programmers, what was weird is i, I shouldn 't be surprised, but they seem to understand it. They seemed to embrace it and they seem to like appreciate it. it and it was a very it was a very targeted crowd uh, It was a cFO of one of our clients uh, it was a cFO essentially his accounting department, and the CEO was there. And we were talking about because we're, we're building a Greenfield application for them, and we were talking about uh, event-driven architecture and some of the concepts around it uh, because we're we're looking to use those patterns. And- Are you talking about event sourcing? Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: I this is on the Trello board for me because I I ran into it through Slack a bunch last over the last week, and I I'm not sure if I'm like missing something, just not understanding.
2: It's huge in. Did you see the video I posted in Slack? Or, or watch it? Yeah. It's, it's huge in the accounting industry. And I love that guy's way he delivered it as far as like the accounting industry can teach us all a ton. a ton. And when it comes to event sourcing, which I'll let Eric get back to in a second, it's just a way of capturing all of your data without losing any of it and then being able to get back to any state in time and you can run reports. You can start asking questions that you can't ask if you don't, if you do things the way we do it now. And his simple example is I put three items into my cart and I remove one. Well, the way we do it now is we say, okay, your cart has two items, but you know, six months down the road, you can't say, well, how many people removed something from their cart and then later bought that same item? So
0: okay, so that's I guess that's what I'm missing is that this is this whole thing is it's about reconstructing complete chains. Like you, you <laughs> store every event, you store every mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so account accountants use it because oh, well the the and, and John, if you can find that video uh, and add it to,
0: I got it. Add it so add this is media. the speaker is is Greg Young and mm-hmm. the the video is design patterns why event sourcing and it was a presentation that he gave at the dutch php conference in 2016
1: i really wish i had seen this video before because i've been looking into this for a while i've been trying to get the team up to speed on it i've been bringing myself up to speed and getting my head around it and so i understand the challenge and then i'm trying to get our team members up to it i wish i had known about this video because this video Hands down explains it better to me, at least for me to consume than any other presentation I've seen. And I've seen some pretty good presentations on it um, at a couple conferences. So had I seen this, I would have reached out to this individual and see if they would, would be interested in presenting at Wave PHP because I really like the way he approached this. <clears throat> but yeah, exactly what John said. I mean we're looking to use it in a couple places. I can give you. I can give you another example of where we're looking to use it. But the way that people always pattern it after are accountants because accountants kind of have this concept in their industry with led- with ledgers, right. and basically, like he said, writing a ledger in pen. And a ledger is always moving forward. A ledger, so you can essentially go through your ledger and reconstruct everything financially, everything in your business, which is why this was relevant to the stuff we were working on and why the CFO was able to embrace it. Because he's like, yeah, I'm, I understand exactly what you're talking about. We do this. You know, this is this makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, and
2: Right, but the, the, piece so it was good. the piece that's missing there it makes perfect sense for accounting. But when it comes to things like in the project I work on, it's a lot of contact information. And the way I could envision this working is I changed contact ID number seven's first name from uh, J-H-N because if they missed the O to J-O-H-N. So you're you're adding a new event, change name. The whole key is you have something that is consuming that event and then updating a different model. So maybe your database or your website is actually using the user model or the contact model out of a, a SQL database but that was constructed from these events, not updated directly. Does that make sense?
1: Right. So another use case that we're looking to use it for, uh, Thomas, if this helps you, and it, and it might help you a little easier with the concept, is the naming's unfortunate. But um, there's a workflow. <laughs> penis, penis, penis? No. There's a, Why there's did a we work... even
0: name it that?
1: <laughs> there's a workflow in the ScreenField app called Events. And we're, actually, we're applying this event architecture, this event sourcing to events because once, the, once an event is defined, as it's modified, which it can be modified, like the owner of the event can change things about that event, change specific, you know, like the cost of the event or certain, certain, fact, certain variables of the event. But the state of the event at that time is very relevant to reporting and so like john said at the end of the event you can replay the event and understand okay this is what happened this is this is it's it's all a single event but these factors happened in the event these these change these things changed in the event
0: you're right that is incredibly unfortunate yeah yes it is i i
2: added to our the trello board just to have the link there there's a whole PHP library called Proof, P-R-O-O-P-H, that is around CQRS and event sourcing. And I started looking into it, but I haven't actually pulled it into any project yet. But it might be very
0: helpful. Well, and, and Spatty released Laravel Event Projector, which is an event sourcing thing for Laravel.
1: Oh, this is a whole repo, John. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's lots of different it's libraries the in there. Uh, have you heard the term CQRS?
1: I yeah. want to say yes, but I, I, can't, I can't tell you what it stands for. From right
2: what, what I understand, you can't have event sourcing without CQRS, but you can have CQRS without event sourcing. Um, CQRS, and I forget what it actually stands for, is basically changing your model. So a lot of our models do read and write from a database, where mm-hmm. now you have a model that solely does write, and then other models that only do reads.
1: Ah, that sounds familiar. I I implemented that in the past, actually. So it stands for Command Query Responsibility Segmentation. Mm -hmm. So you
2: basically pass commands to something, and a command could be, you know, update this data, but you can't read from that same source. Mm -hmm. So basically all your your writes, which would basically be creating events, would be going into this event sourcing architecture. And then other... Mm -hmm other workers or other jobs would then assemble that into different models, and then you'd be reading from those models. The nice thing is those models can now be right. in different areas. You could have some things in a relational database, some things over in a NoSQL solution, uh, right. some sort of caching layer. It's just amazing. And
1: this, this actually leads into another con- concept that we talked about today that I, I had to defend a little bit, but the more I'm using it, the more I'm embracing it. But my whole UUID approach, I am just loving this idea because what you said, John, exactly is I can now have multiple data stores and my UUID, my my identifiers are traveling now. I'm not, all I have to know is if I ever have to look up a UUID, what source data set that that UUID is in. But I don't have to worry about collisions, and uh, we were explaining that to the the uh, CFO as well, who was questioning, "Well, why why are we using these UUIDs?" And that's what we said: it's like once an event, once a product, once right, once an event, once a product, once a user, once any data is defined that we're associating to UUIDs, that's it. We can we can now use that UUIDs with anywhere, and we you know we know how to, how to translate it. Uh, so he, he seemed to. It's it's always fun to speak to non developers and talk to them about some developing concepts and see that, that light turn on of oh yeah that's that's really kind of smart. I, I see why computers are so smart now.
0: Mm-hmm. Computers are dumb. We're smart. Yeah. That's true. Uh, by we, I mean programmers, specifically PHP programmers. It's getting
2: better. Speaking of PHP programmers, like that segue, Eric and I had a fantastic interview last night.
1: Oh, don't, don't, don't give that, don't give that away.
2: What do you mean? Don't give that are you away?
1: Give, were you going to give it away? Of course, I was going to
2: give See, it away. I love I want, how I, I love people.
0: how Eric will talk for <laughs> Eric will talk for fifteen minutes, but then when John wants to talk. Eric has to bring it to a screeching halt. <laughs> well,
2: you really don't want. You're to... not allowed. Oh, do you mean? don't want to talk about this. You don't want. I want people to listen to the to the interview. Okay. You don't. Okay. Why don't you want to share?
1: Yeah. No, I do. I want to hear well, your reasoning. I was thinking. Well, we're, we're still recording. Okay. But yeah. So, guess people. I, that's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. Share. Guess people. People just share? trying something... to make this hard no, to edit. Include all this.
2: It's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I did a fantastic interview with with Sammy K Powers last night. Host of PHP Roundtable, and we talked about his article upgrading to PHP seven two, like keeping your basically keeping your application up to date. He's got a healthy article in the upcoming PHP Architect magazine, and it healthy. was so much fun talking to that guy. That. He is entertaining. Sammy is a yeah.
1: Such a blast. I I wish he was coming to Wave. He's going to every other conference this year but Wave, apparently. Going to
2: Cascadia, which is like a week before ours.
0: So, wait, you're saying that it was the two of you talking to one other person and it was really fun as opposed to all of the (laughs) other things you do on a weekly basis? (laughs) No, I get you. I get you.
1: Uh, I get you. Loud and clear, guys. We should clarify that, Tom. We were talking to a very fun and interesting person. Does that help?
0: Gotcha. No, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Uh, You're saying this person has a podcast?
1: He's a podcaster.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Uh,
2: Thomas, we love you.
1: He can relate to us because he's a PHP developer. And core contributor, I might add. And I'm eating ice on air. Sorry about that. Again. So Eric, Eric, well, Eric I
2: also asked. talked to. We we had this great conversation with this other guy. I feel
1: so popular. What I feel so popular. Everybody's calling my yeah. name.
2: This guy with the beard on, that's kind of in between us on the screen right here. He, he was fun to talk to too.
1: No. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, oh my goodness! When are you coming down to uh, San Diego, Thomas?
0: uh september 19th you come, you, you come you're,
1: coming you're coming in on, on the 19th? 19th
0: that's when the conference starts I, I, no I'm, I'm coming in on the 18th ah, okay. like noonish you guys are my ride to the hotel by the way you're not a speaker i don't care if you make it to the hotel or not so i was that was my first concern actually as i <sighs> 19 days or 18 days for me yeah. to, to be in san diego Absolutely.
2: And uh... approaching way too fast. Can
0: somebody slow down time?
1: Yeah. Yeah, can we just reverse time for
0: a little while? If he... So, Eric, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Okay, but... You with know, the latest patch... It was just the two gr- What? With the latest patch, <laughs> is there an official Rocket League PHP Ugly Club? And I can tell you, absolutely, there is an official Rocket League PHP Club. The link will be in the description... Any I have of no our idea listeners, what' you're talking about any of our listeners want to join it is an open make invitation Anything? what Rocket League now available on Mac Windows Linux the people who refuse switch to sponsor Xbox game, and PlayStation And I'm pretty sure they beat up kittens that's how you make a good game a <laughs> little, little kitten punching
2: <laughs> uh, we were trying to get them to sponsor wave PHP. pretty hardcore since they're right here in our yeah, I in know. our backyard
0: I talked to Spencer and lobbied bastard. against it.
2: He's <laughs> gonna let you show me your skills because you keep telling me how good you are.
1: How would you? I how, would you, keep know? you how, good how would you keep How would you see his skills, John?
2: If we if we had them sponsoring way of PHP, maybe we could get a little love going there.
0: I could do do some <laughs> training sessions. If we had if we had a game night, I could do some some lessons for our listeners.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> kiss those dreams
0: goodbye. Yeah,
2: but what is this PHP club you're talking about? <laughs>
0: Uh Wait, the we're the latest the latest patch for Rocket League introduced this idea of Patches. clubs. So the There's long been guilds Should in keep online gaming. Is this going to be uh, easier? Now they've they've added an Where's official like guild type system to Rocket League. Guilds. So we uh we picked up the acronym UGLY and we are PHP Ugly Official.
1: Wait a minute. We have a PHP Ugly? Oh yes. Rocket-
0: can I can I join this league? That's you can. I'll I'll have the information in the description.
1: How are you going to join,
0: John? I don't know.
2: I, I have no clue how to play this game.
1: That's, That's true. <laughs>
2: <Damn>. <laughs> I've tried. I am no good you at know, it.
1: We, we were talking to the client as we were leaving today, and he was uh, so happy with some of the stuff he saw and had mentioned we had a couple... I, I had brought along a couple of the developers with me and he had mentioned to him, hey, yeah, you know, this is the sort of thing you can put on your resume. And I like look him square <laughs> in the face, I'm like, Why why would you say that? They don't need to put anything on their resume. They're working for me. I'm like I like, I have so everybody in the world uh, You you get the when you're running a business and you're trying to win contracts and keep everybody employed. You get these moments where you have a real sense that everybody in the world is working against you. Everybody's trying to, trying to make you fail. Yep. I kind of had that moment today. I'm like, "You're my client. Why are you telling them to put things on their resume?" We want to keep the client happy.
2: We don't want them leaving. We have, we have that concern enough of <laughs> what do we do if somebody leaves? We don't want. No. We don't want to deal with that. So don't, don't <clears throat> push people away.
0: Oh, you mean a client leaving? Not a. Not an employee.
2: We're talking about no, a contractor no. leaving us We want to keep the client happy And we're doing that But with the contractors we have And if they if they are trying to Tell one of our contractors Hey put this on your resume And you can <laughs> be hired away <laughs> We gotta fill the void and try and still keep The, the uh, client happy And what was that little ahem uh-huh about Mr. Thomas
0: Hey Thomas
1: Thomas remember that time we offered you a job And you turned us down Remember that? Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. You didn't turn us down. You used us. Used us like a piece of meat to get what you needed. Then turned us down. Mm -hmm. That was pleasant. Enjoyed that. I'm so happy I'm your friend.
0: That seems like... Remember that, Thomas? Remember that? Yeah. You're not the only one,
1: if if it makes you feel any better. It doesn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know my friend Eric. He's sort of universally abused. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Nobody it likes It might be me. because he's kind of a dick. <laughs> That's why.
1: That's why nobody likes me. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Enough self You know. Pity.
0: At least now you have like that salary differential, so that you know how much it. Costs you to pay someone to put up with you. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah I got I got to pay for my friends. All all my friends I have, I I earn because I paid for. Them.
0: Are you still? Are we still calling all of the Diego Dev uh, contractors volunteers? <laughs> if you're paying them to work at the event, hey hey,
1: that's you know it's, it is what it is. That
2: hasn't been made public knowledge. Not ever, not all of them know that's the case. <laughs>
0: You, you made it, You week. guys made it public last week <laughs> on the podcast. I heard it I had to hear it 5 times because Eric's Eric's recording was a full 8 minutes shorter than ours. Some ca- somehow every time he spoke his was, recording got enough, truncated. I just
1: got out of the pool and you know my recording is 8 minutes shorter.
0: Oh, All so right. you have a pool, Mr. Richie Rich? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a hole in the ground in my backyard that we fill with water occasionally. Yes,
0: <laughs> I call it. First off, pool. first off, that's a grave, a watery grave.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. this is trailing off into nowhere'sville.
0: Yes. Yeah, so have last
1: e- week, anything PHP to talk about? I've got, got a small program? story.
0: Last last week, we were talking about how incredibly difficult it is to update Laravel Nova. <laughs> Someone went through the work of creating. A project called Laravel Nova Mirror, which Hmm. pulls the pulls the latest version of Nova on a cron schedule and updates a designated repo with Nova, so that you can pull it as a repo.
1: This is this is open to the public, though. Yeah,
0: I'm sure this is a
1: violation of some. Some terms and a condition. Or, I, I
0: believe you have to enter in your personal credentials to download the latest version of Nova. So it's as a cron job, it's really just logging in for you, downloading the zip file, extracting it, and then putting it on a private repo. Or a presumably private repo. So if you want to break the terms of, of service,
1: then that's up to you. But that was
0: up to you with downloading a zip file anyways.
1: It is an MIT. Well, he has it as an MIT license. oh, But that's, this piece is MIT, not, not Nova right. itself.
0: Right. Nova is definitely not, am my- mm. I? Yeah. Um, so this this resolves one issue, which is staying up to date. It doesn't resolve the issue of pull requests and stuff like that. But if you are using Nova, then I recommend creating yourself a private repo for duplicating it and getting this, uh, this cron job, because it'll keep you up to date on a daily basis.
1: Okay, so this isn't the no- Nova source code here.
0: No, this is the code for grabbing Nova with your credentials... Gotcha. Unpacking unpacking it and then updating a repository that you're maintaining with, a pull request? with the it. latest version of Nova. So this way you can just have Nova in your Composer and do a Composer update mm-hmm. and it'll grab the latest version. Ah, huh, that's good. Interesting. So a handy, handy little tool for something that I I bitched about at length last week. So year. Is,
2: it, is it creating a pull request for you against your repo to say,
0: hey, you can now up- upgrade or is it doing it automatically? I think it's just saying git commit push to a master branch. this.
1: I, I don't know if I, we'll use it. So we did have some experience with Nova this week and did do some implementation of it uh, for on. one of our projects. It's. I mean, it, it, it's, it's checking the boxes that I was hoping it would check. It's definitely giving the developer who's working on the admin interface some freedom to move forward to to get past a lot of the the crud work that you normally have to do for this stuff. So I'm I'm pleased with that. Um yeah, I mean it's still way off. I mean we we have a lot we need to do with it. But I'm I'm happy I paid for it <clears throat> because I feel like that that developer who's working on that piece of the project is ahead of the curve now and he's further along than he de- he's definitely further along than he was when he was building everything from scratch, and he probably spent he probably spent a solid month on it leading up to Laracon. Because keep in mind, nobody knew what Nova was; nobody knew it was going to be an admin panel. Um, he he spent a solid month on it uh, leading up, and was still pretty far off. I mean, he was making progress. He was making, and we were we were talking through a lot of the architecture, and now with Nova. <laughs> A lot, a lot of the architecture is decided for you, but implementing it into the existing models that we have is is proven pretty simple. Uh, he you know, he showed me some of the interfaces he made for for various pieces, and even things that we have a lot of polymorphic tables. We have a lot of relationships, and uh, even in those scenarios, it was taking taking that stuff in consideration. So, so I'm happy. You know, I'm happy I paid for it. I'm I'm happy it, it gave us the the little. Jump, it's not an out of the box solution. I don't think it's. I don't really think it's designed to be an out of the box solution. Maybe it is, uh, but no, it won't be for us. It won't be an out of the box solution. There's still be there's still gonna be a lot of work and customization we need to do with it. But it's, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah.
2: So I, I was I pulled <laughs> up the repo as you were talking and noticed the the cute little badge there that says you need at least seven one three. Uh, PHP version 7.1.3, and that reminds me of the uh, interview we had with with Sammy last night. And I'm sure people listening to our podcast are probably more in the know about PHP than most PHP developers, but 5.6 is coming to an end here in, what, four months? January 1st, Mm -hmm. it's end of life. 7.0 is actually in three months going end of life.
0: Yes, Mm-hmm.
2: December 3rd on yeah, on, on 7.0 and uh January 1st for 56. six.
0: Yeah. What are you guys on? Um everything. Yeah, it depends
2: <laughs> depends on the project. So um, one of our clients is still 56. Uh the Greenfield app is I'm sure 72 at this point.
0: 72, yeah, we're we're up to 72. Yeah. It's got to be nice for those maintenance contracts though. What, what do, do you mean? F- well, you guys have—you guys, I assume, have maintenance contracts for finished projects.
2: Right? Uh, actually, the couple that I'm thinking of—they—they've taken it over and wanted to maintain it themselves. So, mm-hmm.
0: what you do now is send them anonymous warning emails about how vulnerable 7.0 is, and that if they don't upgrade,
1: <laughs> you create a
0: shell corporation <laughs> called Smiegosmev Security, <laughs> and. And you just start warning all of your existing customers that their systems are insecure.
1: We really hey, need to have a show on ethics. Business ethics, coding business ethics. Business
0: ethics. Yeah. This, this show can be about that.
1: We're, we're, in, we're in such a weird... Well, we're almost we're wrapping up the show. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But there's so, there's so much to touch on. And developer ethics is a topic that keeps coming up. <laughs> And I, th- I think it's going to have a lot of relevance in the years move forward. Not so much for web developers. I mean, let's be honest. We're probably considered the bottom of the development barrel. But for for AI developers Ooh. and machine learning developers, uh, there's a lot of ethics that that's going to come into, come into play.
0: But I think there's even, a lot of ethics in play in web development. Yes, so I. I've quit a job for ethical reasons. I'm not saying there
1: isn't any i'm I'm saying it the impact isn't as significant probably
0: i mean well as, as as weapon developers sure but there's
1: there's always the ethic dilemma of a, as contractors right there's no reason there, there's no motive there's no real motivator to do a good job. As weird as that sounds, this has always been my, this has always been my issue with the business model around a lot of contractors who get paid by the hour, who get paid, you know, basically for that, because there's no motivation for them to do good jobs. There's no motivation for them to have standards compliant code because the better their code is, the more maintainable it is, the less of a need there is for them. So, there's, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you write code that only you understood? Why wouldn't you write code that have some holes in it that only you know where they are and you can patch them? Because I'm a good Christian. Because of ethics as well. But <laughs> and this is why... This is, when we go to a new client and we try to explain our business model and why our business model is better than you going out and hiring one developer and paying them per hour this is the thing I come back to it's like you you need to not have to worry about that you and you don't want the developer to have to worry about that you just want the developer to make the best code that they can and and you know our business model kind of puts them in, in that position.
2: I've always been uh, what I consider a very ethical developer. I remember like my first job out of college or while I was still in college, the person that preceded me at this place was one of those people that kept all of the secrets to themselves. And I, I go in there and they they were using a esoteric database called QA at the time that I happened to know when I was much younger and I showed them how to write reports. And I just remember the people in the reservations area saying, wait, you're going to show us how to do this. Like the the person before us had no desire to help them help themselves. And to me, it was, if I can help you, if I can show you how to do this, it's only making me more valuable because it's, Oh, what else can you do? So,
1: right. and it allows you to, to focus on the bigger problems because there's always bigger problems that need mm-hmm. to be addressed. And if your day is spent creating reports that you can easily show them how to do, then you can move on to the next challenge or whatever that is. Another
2: another position I had later I, in a company that was making money left and right. I mean, they were making millions of dollars a month profit, not just revenue. And being very honest, you know, I'm talking, I felt I was like, number two or three in the company as far as my position there with the CEO and I remember sitting there talking to them and saying of course you have, you can trust me you have to trust me because there's nothing stopping me from putting a little code in here saying oh every X transactions goes to this merchant provider <laughs> instead of your merchant provider yeah oh, that's my, probably a good oh thing to say oh my gosh that's set up red flags and they they immediately I remember not long after that all of a sudden, they had some other person coming in to audit the code, and it's like, <laughs> seriously? I tell you, I could do this, but I'm not doing it. And <laughs> it was so, it was crazy because they didn't know how big the code base was then. And this person comes in, and they're auditing, and they're, like, they're telling them how it's it's over a million lines of code, and blah blah blah.
0: And it was just well, I, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that the words, well, have you ever seen Office Space? have cost corporations millions of dollars. because It's only a I fraction think, of I think penny. a lot what of people... Right, a lot of people not in the tech industry see have seen that movie and go, oh, that's funny. And a lot of people in the tech industry see that movie and go, oh, I've learned something new. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes camaraderie is stronger than employment. Huh? So... No, I've I've said the same thing before. I didn't quite have it like an auditing team come in, but I've I've had a boss where he's like, How secure is it? And I said, Well it's as secure as me and that upset him. <laughs> but that I mean, you you know, you guys you guys laugh about my, my doom and gloom scenarios and stuff like that. I write secure code because of that. I write secure code because my constant concern is an evil twin from a different universe version of myself where it's like yeah if they knew the system where would they start mm-hmm. where would they attack it? it would it be the here the thing I'm writing right now it can't be I will I will catch them at every corner mm-hmm. um, and, and there's there have been massive security vulnerabilities that I've brought up to bosses in the past and they're just like oh we'll fix that and I'm like no it's there
2: let's, let's fix it now so now
0: you <laughs> You, not just fix it now, but now we need to implement a logging system and track the IP of every administrator that logs in and check the account that they're using. This vulnerability, since it's been here for a year, means that our system is already compromised. So, start backwards, and they go, that's ah, too much time. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, all right. Like, that's terrifying to me. The three days of work that it would take to do a full administrative audit system is like just too much work. It's, we've got other stuff. It, it,
2: it, but from a business owner's perspective, it's, it's hard when it's like, do I implement new features that can make me more money now? Or on the off chance that there's something that's happened, pay somebody to, to find out right. when, when the chances.
0: So have you, you guys, interview people, you guys do hiring, firing, etc. Have you ever taken a resume into the trash because the person creeped you out? They've, you just you felt the, the vibe from them that they weren't ethically grounded? Are you kidding me? I made him the CEO. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, luckily we haven't crossed that level at this point. So far, we've, we've been lucky and we've only hired a couple of people that we haven't known. Everybody else we've known for years through the community, and that's one of the biggest reasons to be a member of the community.
0: So the vetting the vetting process never made it to the interview. It was right. it was always before that. Right. It was always in person, hanging out. Mm.
2: And we've we've ended up having to let people go, but for other reasons, such as they weren't as up to speed as if they made it sound through talking to them. They just weren't weren't making the cut at the time, so we you know cut our losses at that point
1: yeah it it's weird when it's your money and you're seeing seeing the money go out you you get pretty 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 passionately like, it, it it's a weird state to be in for me yeah when when we start when John and I start going through the finances. We see how much we're paying people, and then we start to reflect back on you know, what, the value we get out of individuals. Because as horrible as it sounds, end of day, that's what it's about. It's not about how much you like a person. It's not about
0: their family. Sound horrible sounds American.
1: <laughs> it's not about their family. It's not about what a, what a good person they are. At the end of the day, it's, okay, we paid this individual this much money. We feel like we got this much value out of it, and I hate that. I absolutely hate that it comes down to that. But that's really what it comes down to, mm-hmm. and it's just—it's just, it's just a. I wish there was a better system, but there is. I just I worked
2: for a CEO in the past that I admire because he's he taught me a ton, and one of the things that he always said was. Until you are running a company, you'll never understand the difference between an employee who expects to be paid and an employer who's who needs to make payroll. You know, yeah, you haven't having the having that stress of making sure you have enough money coming in to pay the people that are doing work.
0: There's an interesting cut here. So DHH, the creator of uh, Ruby on Rails, retweeted something from Hacker News where somebody was saying. The reason you want a Rails developer, or the reason you don't want Rails developers, is because they're aging. They're they're starting families. They are becoming more expensive to maintain. What you want as a company is uh, developers of cutting-edge new technologies who are young hipsters who don't have families, and you can just cut at any time.
1: I mean, you yeah, had
0: the I same problem.
1: It was a, such a stupid thing
2: to but say. But you had the same issue... And you have it today with like mainframes, or what is it like? Any of the older languages where people just aren't learning them today, but there are still applications right. out no, there that you need, need to support. Maintaining. A Cobol, yeah. But you need but to
0: support a Cobol it's, it's system.
1: It's going to cost you. not even, it's it's not even you a long. matter of legacy. It, 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 it's not even a matter of legacy. I mean, there's still value in Rails. There's still value in PHP. That's that's always the thing with PHP. And whenever anybody gives me crap about being a PHP developer or. Somebody new comes to me and, and is questioning whether or not they should look into PHP. I my thing is any shop out there, I don't care who they are, they can they can talk about they're a Rails shop, they're a No shop. Yeah, you know, they, they they believe one hundred percent that you know that's the best platform. They have PHP. Everybody has PHP because it's Hell has PHP. do you hear them? I'm trying. I'm trying to have inspirational conversations with you. I have, to, stag- I have you, to stagger.
0: I have to stagger you your lectures. To, yeah, I have to get Every, everybody. Everybody so has
1: hard. PHP, and it's and it's not a matter of it being a legacy. It's, it's not a matter of having that that somebody having that knowledge of of knowing how to code in PHP. It's because it's still relevant. It's because it's it's still a, a, a good language. That was such a stupid thing for somebody to post, and. People <clears throat> post so many stupid ab- things.
0: Was it was it by the president? Did he post it?
1: No. The the thing the thing you just talked about with the uh, with the developers with you know why oh, they yeah. don't want Rails developers. It's like you know you don't really want experienced people who have been in the industry who understand the problems who have already addressed a lot of these issues and and understand solutions. No, <laughs> get get the young inexperienced people in here that are that are just coding new things because it's you know
0: bright, cheap bright dirty. It's the triangle, man. It's it's the, the good, fast, or expensive. Yeah,
1: I, I can't encourage any of that. We're running a little late, but I did want to touch on something. We're not running
0: late at all. We haven't even had an hour.
1: I did want to touch on something that we, we implemented internally at Diego Dev. And I, I I was always kind of a proponent of it. I, I didn't particularly care for this uh, workflow, which is the, the reason why I didn't implement it for years. Um. But we started implementing daily standups in Diego Dev, and it was—it's been completely optional. All the developers have an option of doing a daily standup, and we we use a slack a Slack bot for it, which she'll just uh, she'll send a notification and say, "Hey, you know." What did you work on yesterday? What did you accomplish yesterday? What are you working on today? What blockers? St- and this happens every morning. Uh, it's a little different questioning Monday morning. Monday morning, it's what? What is your goals? What are your goals this week? <clears throat> and you know, I was never a big fan of this. I, I didn't really find it beneficial myself when I did it for a short period of time. I and I would go back and forth on it. Say like I would feel like it, it should be beneficial, but then. I would start to get anxiety around. Am I putting enough down? How is this being interpreted? What's you know what's the uh, result of me doing this? But I tell you, we implemented in Diego Dev. It's a bot in Slack. Uh, people have the option of putting it in or not putting it in. Everybody does it. Everybody seems to feel it's beneficial. I can't even begin to explain to you how beneficial it is for me. As somebody who's trying to, because we're working on so many projects now, and so there's so much going on in each project, there's so many balls in the air, things happening, uh, that it's really been challenging to kind of stay on top of everything. And if I didn't have the team that I had that that essentially don't need to be managed, I I wouldn't be able to. There is that one that needs to be. Well, yeah, we won't mention that individual's name, but I think they knew who they are.
0: <laughs> now, we at, at SDPHP, we had a scrum expert present from business.com, and mm-hmm. they talked about the stand-up. And one of the important facts for me was that, that the term stand-up comes from the fact that if you're sitting down for a meeting, you're too comfortable. These These meetings are designed to be as short as possible and... That's why they want everyone standing.
2: Yeah, well, we actually don't do it in an in, in-person thing, it, again.
0: Right, but I'm saying, how do you account for that? Because in that same presentation, somebody said, oh, yeah, we have a morning meeting every single morning where we sit down at a big conference table, and it takes an hour, so I don't like stand-ups. And, and, it, and the guy was like, no, that's not a stand-up. That's a sit-down meeting. That's a, a totally different thing. If you're not standing, if there isn't some kind of forced limit on your time then you're not doing a stand up. So what is are you guys doing anything to to put a a time limit on on how much that sucks out of the day? I think it's the fa- we we
1: don't talk to them.
0: Yeah, I
2: think it's the fact that it's you're literally answering four questions and it should be quite brief.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, we don't speak to them. They they put it in Slack. It it actually posts to a channel in Slack. Everybody can read everybody else's replies. At least I think that's the case.
2: Should yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a public <laughs> channel.
1: Yeah. So every, everybody can read everybody else's replies, and that's it. Uh, I may reach out to an individual if they mention having a blocker, or, or if they they mention something that I have a question about. But it's not like we all get on the call every morning and say, "Okay, let's go through what you said." No, they they type it in. Slack, and it posts to a room, and I go in there and read everything, and that's I it. I think the bit... So it's, it's, the
0: it's, sort of at, it's sort of an at-will contribution. Yeah, but it's, it's
2: basically... So it's summarizing. You, you, we use a, a timer application that, as you look at your tickets, you can start your timer right from that, and it automatically fills in mm-hmm. ticket number and description. So the things that, like, the question, what did you complete yesterday really can be a copy paste. Go to your timer from yesterday and you could basically put in what you've done. Then you can look at your tickets and say, Oh, I'm going to focus on these one, two or three major tickets today. And then a blockers, you should know, yeah, I'm waiting on somebody for X, Y, or Z.
0: So it really should be a very quick. I suppose that that is what I was, that was what I was asking is that those are, those are all techniques for, for making sure that it doesn't turn into a a sit down, throw down.
2: Yeah. the, yeah. the the what the, it's more of a as you're filling it out it's oh yeah I did I did all of these things yesterday and then yeah. the what are your goals for today is making you sit down and think about what do I need to work on today and and what am I focused on yeah and and prioritization of what you're going to work on today and the name blockers is just putting it out there so you, people on the team know I'm waiting on you for something or I'm having an issue with X. I don't know why I keep using variables here. <laughs> Just easier.
0: It'll be forever a mystery. Well, I I think the ethics question is interesting. I mean, I've I've brought up an ethical an ethical issue before that California's facing now that got really brushed aside by a certain someone named Eric Van Johnson. I won't name names. Yeah. Um really to me one of the big news points this week is that California has eliminated the pay-for-bail system. It's the first state in the U.S. to eliminate pay-for-bail. Mm-hmm. And the ACLU has been backing this this kind of action for a long time because bail has uh, an exorbitantly greater impact on the poor and minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ACLU actually retracted their support for this bill in its final form before it was passed. And the issue at hand was that the determination of a flight risk was being made on potentially racially biased lines. They speculate that... Seems like a very heavy topic to be
1: getting in on on an hour and and six minutes into the podcast. Well,
0: it's it's an older topic, and and I'm just going to brush back on it again. The idea is that these algorithms that determine flight risks are biased because the minority communities are more heavily policed, and these algorithms will just create a a self-fulfilling loop of incarceration and release and then incarceration and release. And when we talk about the ethics of the kind of thing we do, we need to not just talk about the if you feel comfortable with this ethically, but also understanding your position in the... Social hierarchy and the social structures that you live in and that other people who are influenced by the things that you're working on uh, might not even remotely resemble you, you know, and and I've I've had conversations with minority programmers who told me about things like getting harassed by the police at eight years old, where you just think to yourself, Jesus Christ, that doesn't actually happen. And they describe a situation where I would never comprehend that 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 was their first interaction with the police if you're writing an algorithm that tries to account for how many times you've interacted with the police negatively and it's affecting whole communities you might not it might never even occur to you in the shoes that you're in that that algorithm is fundamentally
2: flawed. Yeah. Like you said we've we've talked about it in the past. that whole ai piece of it is is hard cuz the person who built it, their their biases, the data that's being put in is going to be reflected because of how we've handled things in the past.
0: Right. It's 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 fascinating. I sat down with a Vietnam vet a few months ago who lost his leg, and that was a pretty uh, startling experience. He was he was pretty solidly convinced that I was a uh, Muslim terrorist. By don't that. know where to go with that, Eric. You. <laughs> Eric, you've you've muted. Eric muted his mic as soon as he he rolled his eyes and muted his mic at the same time.
1: What do you mean he, he muted? I, I coughed. Yeah,
2: he was muting while he coughed. Actually, I've I've heard a lot of NPR conversations around the the law you're talking about. I didn't I didn't hear the one about the ACLU drop in support for the the bill.
0: I say I heard it from NPR as well. That's where I heard it from. which is interesting. Mm, different
2: times, but it, it was it was interesting that whole thing is the there are a segment of people that they're going to keep them in as long as they can without bail i mean we already have that and then there's other people that the the bail is kind of pointless you know they're going to show up for court
0: well and and that and the fact that if you jump bail and get pulled over or interact with the police in any way whatsoever then you're going back to court and then you're not getting out that time and most of these offenses are drug possession offenses or paraphernalia offenses, where it's like they had a crack pipe and they said that they might have smoked crack two days ago. And you just sort of go, well, that's a weird reason to hold somebody for a year in detention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about this change. This is a change where you look at people and you say, "Well, it bail's a thousand dollars, so all you got to do is come up with a hundred dollars to get a bondsman." And people are just going, "Where am I going to get a hundred dollars? I have literally nothing, so I'm just going to sit here for weeks." Right. Well, and
2: the big thing was that there's specific classes of crime that aren't being that aren't listed. So if you're a menace to society, or you know pose a risk to people you're not supposed to be able to get out but it doesn't go far enough on in what those crimes are
0: right and that was one of the issues the aclu had was that they defined a menace to society as any crime where violence was threatened and not necessarily acted on so angry speech sort of becomes reason to be indefinitely held now that's not Mm -hmm. good um, but there's also concerns about, you know, the discretion of judges and things like that. And legal systems are complicated, man. But they're becoming more and more part of our wheelhouse. They're becoming more and more analytical, technical, data-driven systems. And that's why ethics is so important, even in just doing PHP development, because you can you can devise these kinds of systems in any programming language.
2: Well, way to bring us down and end us on a very low note. That's what I but- do. It is that time to wrap this thing up?
0: You're not even editing. I'm editing this. Okay. Point being,
1: I'm on the show. Is that what you call your what you, what you've been doing? Editing? Just just playing it and just no. publishing what whatever I, comes what, out. You what, you what, I, what I
0: what I. What I did to your audio stream this week was. Surgery. I don't want to hear
1: it. I don't want to hear it. I, I you, took a you, screenshot. You have no the idea audacity. some of the magic I create when I edit. I make. I make a. That's sound true. I've never
0: listened to anything you've ever edited.
1: It doesn't surprise me. Where I listen to everything, everything you do and cry a little bit inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do love the sound of your own voice. <laughs> All right. Uh, are,
1: okay. are, we, are we? I think that's it. I'm
0: calling it. We're wrapping episode
1: 19 Everybody can talk at the same time, but I'm the boss. I, I take charge. We're wrapping it up.
0: <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, we love you too, John.
2: Until next week. If
1: you haven't gotten your ticket for Wave PHP yet, your time is running out. You want to do that P- very PHP soon. PHP Ugly.
0: Very soon. Save some money.
1: Yeah. Hey, also, hit, PHP
0: us, ugly. hit us up on Twitter. You know We, we have uh, interactions with uh, crowd favorite Ted Nugent every week or so and uh and some random people show up in the chat but i'd love to hear from our listeners on twitter because we've got over 350 regular listeners now and uh just hit us at php ugly tell us how your day is going i'd love to hear from from our listeners listen to thomas I do. I I looked looked at the numbers and I thought, there are people out there who are interested in what we have to say, and I'm not hearing from them. I've been
1: telling you guys this for years. I go to these conferences all the time and people walk up and say, I listen to this show. Thanks. Thanks for everything you guys are doing.
0: Before we go, did
2: you guys see that tweet since you brought it up from Brian Jackson?
0: No, I don't look at Twitter.
2: Uh, So we did get a tweet and you were mentioned in it from brian jackson oh you know what
1: i did see yeah. that yeah uh
2: we'll, we'll include the link in the show notes but if you go to kinsta.com they did a whole article on what's new in php
1: 7.3 uh look at, john, john got sucked into pimping somebody's blog post i did <laughs>
2: you can edit it out that's okay
1: yes no no that's no, fine yeah hey.
2: I, yes. I like that our listeners, yes. listeners, even though I don't know what they're going to get out of it, unless they are. Sammy K.
1: Sa- Sammy K. claims he listens to the show. He does. He's
0: a K? The... yeah. All right. Brian, you're welcome. You, you got yes. me, of course. That's it. Now, We're Brian, done. Brian, you're welcome, and you have a, you have such a genuine smile. I love We're it. We're done talking. Like oh, One
1: nineteen is done.
0: In the bucket. Van Johnson. I'm John Conker. I'm Poppy Keep Harlow. It. Keep, Keep it ugly. It ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to PHPUgly at reddit.com slash r slash PHPUgly. Until next week, keep it ugly.